So if you would like to turn your Bibles as we get ready. And uh, it's important that we read the text to get a frame of mind. Genesis 32. Please go there. I don't think... Oh, you have the plug? Yep. All right, perfect. So, Pastor Wilburn, we've called this portal I'm Torn in Between. Somebody turn to your neighbor and say, I'm torn. Now turn to somebody else and say, I'm in between. <laughs> Gee, hey, we haven't even started talking and you're already Rabba Bashabas. Amen. Let me read the text. Let's go through it as they team brings us in. Genesis 32 verses 1. We're going to read a bit of the word of God. Is that all right? All right. Jacob also went on his way and the angels of God met him. When Jacob saw them, he said, this is the camp of God. So he named that place Mehanim. Jacob sent messengers ahead of him to his brother Esau in the land of Seir, the country of Edom. He instructed them, this is what you are to say to my Lord Esau. Your servant Jacob says, I have been staying with Laban and have remained there till now. I have cattle and donkeys, sheep and goats, male and female servants. Now I am sending this message to my Lord that I may find favor in your eyes. Wow, what a manipulator. When the messengers returned to Jacob, they said, We went to your brother Esau and now he is coming to meet you. And 400 men are with him. In great fear and distress, Jacob divided the people who were with him into two groups and the flocks and herds and camels as well. He thought if Esau comes and attacks one group, then the group that is left may escape. Then Jacob prayed, O God of my father Abraham, God of my father Isaac, Lord, you who said to me, go back to your country and your relatives and I will make you prosper. I am unworthy of all the kindness and faithfulness you have shown your servant. And I had only my staff when I crossed this Jordan. But now I've become two camps. Save me, I pray, from the hand of my brother Esau, for I am afraid he will come and attack me and also the mothers and their children. But you have said, I will surely make you prosper and and will make your descendants like the sand of the sea, which cannot be counted. He spent the night there and from What he had with him, he selected a gift for his brother Esau. 200 female goats, 20 male goats, 200 ewes, 20 rams, 30 female camels with their young, 40 cows, 10 bulls, 20 female donkeys and 10 male donkeys. He put them in the care of his servant. Thank you so much. Each herd by itself and said to his servants, go ahead of me and keep some space between the herds. So what he's doing here, Jacob, is because he's, he's a usurper, he's a manipulator, he's trying to win Esau over, right? He's trying to say, look at all this stuff I've got and I'll, I'll give it to you, right? 
He instructed the one in the lead, when my brother Esau meets you and asks, who do you belong to and where are you going and who owns all these animals in front of you? Then you are to say they belong to your servant Jacob. They are a gift sent to my Lord Esau and he is coming behind us. Scroll down to verse 20 and he says to his servant, and be sure to say your servant Jacob is coming behind us for he thought I will pacify him with these gifts I am sending on ahead. Later when I see him, perhaps he will receive me. So gifts went on ahead of him, but he himself spent the night in the camp. Here's the, here's, here's the clinching verses. That night, Jacob got up, took his two wives, his two female servants and his 11 sons and crossed the ford of the Jabuk. After he had sent them across the stream, he sent over all his possessions. So Jacob was left alone. Somebody say alone. And a man wrestled with him till daybreak. When the man saw that he could not overpower him, he touched the socket of Jacob's hip so that his hip was wrenched as he wrestled with the man. Then the man said, let me go for it is daybreak. But Jacob replied, I will not let you go unless you bless me. Hallelujah. Let's pray, shall we? Lord, we thank you for what we're about to digest from your word. It is living. It is Rima. Lord, we proceed, Lord, and we live out of every word that comes out of your mouth. And so right now we say, Lord, that we enter, Lord, ready to eat, Lord, the meat of what you've given us for this week, Lord. And I just ask that, Lord, like we said in our worship time, the sound mind, Lord, that would break the bonds, Lord, of the strongholds that would hold our mind in place that you want to set us free from tonight. We thank you, Holy Spirit, and we ask you to now make this word living and active for our life. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen. Talk to you about the process of what Jacob went through. And I'm going to have a portal about this because I'm sure you will associate in some way with what I'm about to talk about. Now, I'm not going to go through all the scriptures because they've been read out. But let's go back to Jacob. And let's go back to that last scripture, please, brother. Or pastor, where the socket. They're fixing it. Yeah, let's read that that last one because that's the clincher verse. Verse uh, twenty-two. That night, Jacob got up and took his two wives, his two female servants and his 11 sons and crossed the ford of the Jabuk. After he had sent them across the stream, he sent over all his possessions. So Jacob was left alone and a man wrestled with him till daybreak. 
When the man saw that he could not overpower him, he touched the socket of Jacob's hip so that his hip was wrenched as he wrestled with the man. Then the man said, let me go for it is daybreak. So what we want to start with is the story of Jacob. We want to start with this. Now, Pastor, you come in with your portion and so on and so on, okay? But we want to start with the story of Jacob. Jacob, what do we know about this story? We know that he's a man who wrestled with God, okay? But let's go back to what the start of Jacob. The very beginning of Jacob was his conception of birth, okay? Right. When he was about to be born, he was trying to take a place that was not his. He was trying to take a place that was not his. That is why he was called the usurper. That's what Jacob means, usurper. From, yeah, and trickster. But do you realise from birth he was given that because of his behaviour? Now, we go right along and we can go from one story, Pastor, to the next story, to uh, Rachel, to Leah. We can go to um, the spotted lambs. We can keep going and going. And he was a manipulator. He was a trickster. He was a usurper. He took things that were not his. He took the birthright. Are you seeing what I'm saying? I'm saying he was a bit of a mess. Would you say that? Would you say he was a bit of a mess? He was a hot mess. A hot mess. Yes, very hot mess. And what happened? God had to wrestle with him. So we're now going to come to the night of the wrestling. We're going to come to that night because there are things you've never seen in those scriptures. You see, when he sent all of his possessions, his wives, his children, when he sent them ahead, he was manipulating I'm sure when, this is what he said, I'm sure when Esau sees all my children and my wives and all the gifts and possessions that I'm going to give to him, everything will be fine. And here's the key. He was such a king manipulator. He kept the best till last, Rachel. And Jacob kept the best till last. She was the one he loved and adored. Well, if nothing like this works and I can't convince him, if I can't convince him, surely he's going to be convinced when Rachel turns up. You and I need to know when we're manipulating, we always keep the best till last. 
We call it the trump card. Anybody get what I'm saying? Your little games of manipulation start with some family, some possessions, but you keep the best till last. Why did he do that? Well, we know his character and what he was called and why he was called it, but what was going on in Jacob? Well, I can tell you, he was in between. He was in between. What do I mean by being in between? He had no wives around. He had no children around. His possessions had gone. And all it was, was him and God. He was in between. So what does it mean to be in between? It means you're torn. What way do I go? Pastor, stand up and, and please demonstrate for me. Okay, we need to grab other mics. Can we just grab? <clears throat> oh, wow, that's loud. Can I have two? Yeah. Alux. It works. It works. Okay. So stand there. And you stand there. Uh, yep. What Pastor's illustrating is that Jacob had just left Haran, which was where he'd been with Laban for home for 20 years. And he was on his way to something. But the Lord stops him on his way. And stopped him in a place Mm. where he had to find out. Mm. He wasn't going forward. He can't go back. He's in between. So he's he's not, pull pull my arm. He's not at home, but he's not at his destination. So he's caught in between. You... In your life are caught in between. What do I mean by that? In between situation, decisions. Do I go? Do I stay? Do I, let me say, do I go? Do I stay? Do I go to church and be what I'm meant to be? Or do I go and spend time with my children? Do I do this? Do I do that? That is called being caught in between. Anybody feel like they're in that position or they've been in that position? Don't lie to me. Every single one of you put your hand up. There's nobody that can't put their hand up for this one. You were caught. He was caught in between. Now, in between causes you to wrestle. Remember when Paul said, I wrestle inside me. There was a wrestling going on inside Paul. He couldn't be at peace. He was wrestling. Do that again, Pastor, and begin to see yourself in this situation. Do I give in? 
Do I hold on? Do I become mum? Do I become child of God? Which one? Which one, Lord? Which one do I let go? Which one, Lord? in between brings decisions to be made in between if you would look at it and you would say it's a bad place to be but it was in between that he was blessed get this it was in between that he met with God and wrestled and came out with a new name. Give God the glory, guys. Give God the glory. Thank you, guys. Amen. Thank you. And so when you see this, when you see this, you might look at life differently. Don't get so focused on getting to and getting through that you miss the blessing of the in-between. In-between. Because so, our society has con- oh, I'm gonna be our society has conditioned us to get to and get through. Yeah. If I could just get through this week. Yeah. If I could just get through this year. Yeah. If I could just get to next year. If I could just get to that next job. If I just get to tomorrow. Destination. But you're in between. You haven't reached your destination, but you've left. And you can't go back. Your you've left. Location. Come on, some people have left from previous locations and you're on your way to your destination and you keep thinking God is going to meet you when you get there. But he's not meeting you when you get He shows up. When you're in between. Where he meets God means penial. It means face of God. So God, show, God shows up and interrupts Jacob's appointment. I'm on my way. I've got my plans. I've manipulated this situation. I've sent forward. And if that doesn't I, work. Yeah, no, I'll send my best card at yep. the end, the trump card. That will be the one that will convince my brother. My brothers and sisters, let me tell you, he had no idea what God was doing. He had no idea he took things into his own hands. And when you manipulate, that's what you do. We can say it's witchcraft. But if you are doing this, God's got to change your name. He's got to change your name. And where is he going to change it? In the beginning, in the end, or in between? So, he's left alone, all alone. And he's thinking, has my brother accepted my gifts? Has my brother not killed my children? Has my brother hurt my wives? Has my brother forgiven me? It's in between that you ask those questions. It's in between that you have to meet with God. In between is where you will wrestle. And when he wrestled Shania, he said, I will not let you go 
until you bless me. But the truth is, the matter is, he didn't let go. It wasn't about him letting go. It was about God not letting go. And God did not go, let him go until he let him bless him. Anybody get that? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Anybody get that? You always look at, at Jacob's story and look at that one side. I'll not let you go, Lord, until you bless me. The whole initiation of everything was God. It was never Jacob. Never Jacob. Never. So, Pastor, in between is where the tearing takes place. I have something I want to show you. Can you hold this, Pastor? Now, these are my absolute favourite glasses. As you can see, I have another pair on because I put them on the lounge on Riga night and someone sat on them. Okay, now this is how that turned out. One going one way and one going another way. Now, is that possible to happen without a break? Yes, yes, you know why? Because this little screw was the socket of my glasses. And so when it got touched, it turned the other way. Get what I'm saying? It turned the other way. The socket got touched. What took place was the glass arm turned the other way. When you get touched in your socket, and you allow God to tear it so that you don't go stiff. You turn the other way. And he can say, your name is no more Jacob supplanter, but Israel, prince of God. I was going to get this pair fixed. I was going to get this yes, pair, one, two, um, two, you two. know, I was going to get this pair. Uh, I said to Pastor, I think we'd get a screw uh, driver and we'll just, you know, yes, undo one, the two. screw and put it the right way. And I felt the Lord said to me, no, this is your lesson. This is your lesson. And so one, I two, thought two. about this and I thought, this is very weird how this pair of glasses have turned totally around without a break. They're hinging on the socket. One, two, two. So something had to break to turn the other way. There had to be a touch to that little screw, which is the socket of the glass in your life. In your life, if you don't let God tear you, 
in the socket, then you'll be stiff. Your body would be stiff and you would become paralyzed. He touched God. God touched him. Jesus was torn on the cross. He deliberately wanted to be torn for you and for me. He didn't have to be convinced. Jesus allowed himself to be pierced. Jacob had to wrestle. That's right. It's interesting because um, Amanda will probably attest to this. Um, when you think, when you read the text, you know, and it says that Jacob's hip was taken out of socket um, and he touched him, uh, if he was to fully take his hip out of socket, he wouldn't be able to walk. Correct, Amanda? He wouldn't be able to walk. But what does he do? He, he, he reaches in as he's wrestling with him and he touches the tendon. Yes. Let me, let me bring this out. He touches the tendon. The which tendon? Is the tendon, which is what attaches the Look, muscle. That makes it swivel. That makes it flexible. Let me bring this out. He touches the tendon, touches the muscle to the bone. So... So he, he gives Jacob the ability to walk, but he walks with a limp. Yeah. So he's saying to him, when I touch you, when I tear, when I break something away from you, you'll still walk, but you'll never walk the same way that Again. you walked before. Because you'll be a prince that limps. Yes. Because you'll be a prince that, that limps, so you'll know. I did it, not you. And so that is really important to us mm -hmm. because your life is full of wrestling. Your life is full of wrestling with decisions. And it brings you into a place of in-between. I'm in between this and that. I'm in between decisions. I'm in between. And you think that's a bad place to be, Pastor. It's not a bad place to be because that's where God blessed him. That's where God changed him. That's where he gave him a new name. You run away from the in-betweens in your life. When God doesn't want you to run away, he wants you to understand he's changing your name and he's blessing you in the place of being in-between. You want to make a comment, Pastor? Jesus was in-between. <laughs> Alex, Jose, come back up. We're going to do it again. Pastor, Tony, you do it because I need to talk while you do it. Just don't hurt him. <laughs> Jesus was in between. One arm on the right beam of the cross. One arm on the left. Just yeah. stand still. Being pulled. Being pulled. But the difference is... 
His in between led him to say, not my will. Into your hands I commit my spirit. What is standing between the real you and yes. the old you? A cross. Yes. And, and, look, and it's this in between. Brings you to the vertical. You no, can't. Horizontal. You can't get to who your name is in him without a tearing away. Something has to be cancelled out. Yes. What is the cross? It's the cancelling out of the old you. Jacob was, was okay living by his version of him. Yes. It had done him some good things. Yeah, he quite liked he the quite way He quite liked was. it. You know, uh, okay, yeah, well, I can work for, yeah, I can work for Rachel. Yeah, I got this. Yeah, I got Seven it. years, we good. Yeah. You know, then he gets deceived. Okay, yeah, well, I'll work, I'll work for her. I've got this, I've got this effort. I've got this energy. I can do this. Yeah. The wrestling was to show Jacob, this is, this is what I've been trying to get you. See, look at this. Jacob was a runner. Every, every time life got hard, he, he ran. ran. But you don't find it easy to run when you limp. He came to the end of his running because he could, was limping from then on. See, he walked differently. See, God is trying to get you to... You can thank you. Thank you. You're good. <laughs> God is trying to get us to confront what we've been running from. Yeah. And it's the in-between that brings you to the point of confrontation. Jacob was all alone. Yes. With just him and his God. And he couldn't run. And this is the key, I think, that the Lord is trying to say in this in-between. Pastor, in come back up. The, the in-between is the dynamic of the cross. If you had no in-between, you would have no cross in your life. If you have no in-between of the wrestle of the yes or the no, there is no opportunity for crucifixion. Which means there's no opportunity for resurrection. Yes. Which means there's no opportunity for ascension. You would despise this place. Yes. And want to escape from it. But the Lord is trying to say, this is the place you will meet me. Stay here longer, child. Yeah. Stop trying to get out. Stop trying to get through and get to. Your life is not get through and get to. Come on. So this in-between stage is a, is a place of blessing. Because if the name has to change, it needs something to be torn. Why do you not get to be torn? Jesus was torn. His body was torn. And he gave it freely. Torn but not broken. Yeah. This is the, this is, and this is, where, this is where your mindset of God has to change. You think God wants to break you. No, no. he just wants to tear you. Because <laughs> when you tear something, more comes out. Yes. But you, I've been thinking, oh, Lord, you just want to break my personality. You just want to break me down. 
to the root system. You want to break me down the basics. How would you handle it if I told you the fact that God uses the weaknesses in your personality to meet with you? Yeah, yay. There's a good one. God had to use Let's the go fact into it. that Jacob was a manipulator. He had yes, to but, meet him. But he ha had to be that to get to where he was he going. He had to meet Jacob. Here I go with the D-I-S-C, sorry, I'm going to say it. He had, Jacob was a, a very high, I'm, I'm, I'm studying all of these Bible profiles. Jacob was very high, high dominance. But he was very high I too because it was all about how he fitted in with people. So the Lord can't sit down with Jacob, let me go there and have a conversation. You know what, Jacob? You need to have a name change. You know, we need to talk about your name. We need to talk about your character. Let's just have a light conversation. No, he was dominance. He needed dominance to wake him up. He had to up. meet with God through, through dominance. dominance. And a lot of times God is trying to come and meet with you in this way and you call him hard. But you've chosen the way he wants to meet you because he can change some of this dominance. But because you're dominant, you see him that way and he is going to meet you that way because that will cause you to recognise who he is. The Apostle Paul was a high dominance level. He could not have any other intervention for his life except by being thrown off a horse. Try. And being blinded. Because no intellect was going to convince him. No conversation was going to convince him. And he didn't care about fitting in with the crowd. He was ready to kill them all. And he, there was no, no peace at any price was no. going to work for him. So God had to meet him with how he created him. He, God respects the framework of his creation. You, you got to understand it. He respects the framework of his own creation. He will meet you in your default personality types. And the thing wow. that you're trying to keep on, oh, I've got to stop being this, I've got to stop doing that, I've got to stop doing this, all your self-effort, he's trying to use that to meet you. Jacob was a manipulator. Manipulation was what brought him to meet God face to face. It had to happen. Not because I'll oh, manipulate, but his manipulation had to position him to be interrupted. You get what I'm saying? This is really important because we would expect God to meet us in different ways. And so in saying that, what brought us to this point? where I had to bring this up tonight. And I'm not going to go in names or anything like that, except that we this morning prayed very earnestly and talked a lot as a family about a situation in our family that is pretty crucial. And that situation caused us to find out What's going on? Mum, they said, what do you feel? I said, I feel torn. I feel like I'm wrestling. I'm wrestling. I'm asking God, do I hang on? 
do I let go? Hang on a minute. Which side do I let go? Do I let go and say, God, it's all your problem? Or do I let go and say, this needs sorting out? And I just said to the guys today, and they were talking with me, and we were saying, well, I did anyhow, that I'm torn. And I've always seen torn as something that hurts. But I've never seen torn as something that blesses. Have you ever seen torn as something that blesses? No. Because you associate punishment with adjustment, being changed. I'm looking at a situation and I'm being punished and therefore in the future I've got to be changed. And the association, I'm being punished and God wants to break me. Yeah. Yes, he does, but not for the reason you think. Not for the reason you think, not for the reason to punish you, but in between that stage so he can bless you and change your name so that you can fulfill all your destiny. Now, in saying that, again, I want to bring something else out to you tonight. And in this situation in my life and in my family's life, we ask ourselves this question, what do you want out of this? This is what Pastor asked me on the way here. What do you want out of it? And I know we have this thought, well, I want that person saved. Come on, who makes that statement? I want more than salvation. And you should too. Salvation isn't enough. I want eternal life for my person in my life, my family. So I said this to pastor. I said, salvation isn't enough. I want heaven. I want living with Jesus for this one. I want that one to fall so much in love with Jesus, they just want to live in heaven with them. Salvation, my brothers and sisters, is not enough. Many people are saved. But they don't have the concept of heaven. And because of that, I'm ready to let the socket be touched by God. I want to ask you the same question. How far have you gone with the... Your family. I want them saved. Well, it's not enough. It's not enough. 
heaven, eternal life, living with Jesus, that's enough. Nothing else that would cause me to be torn to see that happen. I would gladly let that happen. So this is what I shared with Pastor. Because I asked him, what do you want? And what was your comment? Well, I started with salvation, but you brought out all the the other aspects of... So I, I have a vision, an expectation of certain people in our family. And I believe God gave me that expectation and to believe for it, but I cannot put that on other members of the family. I'm the only one that can carry that. Because the Lord said to me one one night, he said, what's the best scenario in your heart and mind for this situation? Because I know what the worst scenario is. And so I've been praying into that scenario ever since. And it looks absolutely impossible. But with God, it's possible. So when I asked uh, Dr. Robin the same question, what's your expectation? She hasn't really discovered that yet. Except to say uh, salvation is a step, but it's not the end game. She wants much, much more than just getting certain individuals over the line. You know what I mean? Does that help? Yeah, that helps. You want to make a comment on that? Yeah, I said to the Lord the other day um, and today, I said, I don't just want salvation. I want transformation. So you want transformation change? I want the name change. I want the name change. I want the name change. I want the socket touched. Because um, it's interesting. To bring the tearing. It's interesting because, um, you know, Jacob's stature and nature all his life. And then later on when he's in the same scenario as um, what happened to him when he's ready to bless Joseph's sons, uh, you know, the Bible points out that he's in his dying breath. Yeah. And he's, again, in an in-between place. He's in between eternal life and death. He's in this in the in-between moment. And what he does is the, you can tell... It's funny because the, the, the um, author doesn't call him Israel. He calls him Jacob. Yes. You know? But what's interesting to me was that his nature had changed because when he wrestled with God in the start, he was saying, bless me. Yes. But in his dying breath, he was blessing. He was others. blessing others. He wanted to bless others, and it says there, very, very, you know, pointedly, he was leaning mm. on his stick. He still had the limp. Yes. And so the Lord said to me, "You'll get there, but you'll get there with a limp, limp. because the limp will be what secures that I did it." Not you. And I can't change your name without a limp. See, a lot of you are asking God to transform you, but there's no tearing away. Yeah. And you're not ready to limp for the rest of your life. You're not ready to become a limping prince. 
You want to be a running, walking trickster. Trickster? The old Jacob means trickster. Yeah, usurper. Usurper, supplanter, trickster. Mm. So the Lord's saying for true transformation to take place, there has to be a tearing away. And with Jesus, there was a tearing away. Pierced willingly. Yeah. With Jacob, it was a wrestle. But with Jesus, it was willing. It was given, yes. Into thy hands I commit my spirit. A willingness. And then they pierced him. Hmm. And uh, Pastor Wendell preached the message, torn but never broken. Yeah. Bruised but never broken. Hmm. And I think we have to change our concept of God trying to break us. You know, like I think God wants to tear us so that more can come from us because a muscle doesn't grow unless it tears. I'm at the gym all the time. Tearing my muscle. Where's Brandon? Where's Amanda? That's the pain that you feel. When the blood starts to be engorged into the muscle and the body pushes blood into the muscle, it's forcing the muscle fibers to expand so much that micro tears occur. And how it heals itself and gets bigger is that when they grow back, they grow back further apart. So what would happen if, if the muscle didn't tear? Amanda, what would happen Share with me, Amanda. You're the, the one? Come, come to the front and share with me. <laughs> it's very good, but we need to know because you are the expert in this. Well, there would be a couple things that could happen. Either, uh, either the tendons would, would pull the bone apart or pull away from the tent of the bone. Um, or the whole thing would get rigid. That's what the Lord told me. Yep. Um, I think. I think that's pr- those are pretty much the two options. I think there was a third one, but I can't remember what it is. So in the tearing process, there has to be that flexibility in this. The socket has to, and a socket is something that it sort of leans on. Mm-hmm. You know. You get the message of it and the picture of a socket, you know, when you look at a skeleton. Yes. You're able to see that. And that brings, that socket gets that flexibility. It's not rigid. No, and in getting that flexibility, the flexibility also requires a tearing. So, like, when you're stretching. There you go. You feel that, 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 that pain, that burn. And those are, those are your muscles having some micro tears which are healthy and good because they have a a um a characteristic called plasticity so as long as you get into go into these positions nice and easy and slowly then it will not fire off the stretch reflex and it will continue to stretch out and and the muscle will remain elongated um if you go too quickly the stretch reflex kicks in and you end up with a tear, tear that is detrimental and painful. Okay. So what do you think about what we shared about tearing? Yeah, I think it's, <laughs> it's right on. It's, it is. It's confronting because when, when you are, when your muscles or your tendons are torn, when your tendon is torn, that's a much 
much takes a lot longer for that to heal and there is a lot more uh, because it doesn't have a huge blood supply to come into it same thing with cartilage um, but with the muscle when muscles are torn they they have a lot of blood supply and they can heal and they can the, the scar tissue comes in and even that that provides a, that can provide a stiffness but it can also that can also be worked out um, so that you have a muscle that is that is still pliable but it has a, a different strength to it and it's and it's different it's not going to be the same as it was because the scar tissue changes things but as we learn in from Pastor Robin, he turns our scars into stars. Yes. And so the scar tissue is something that it's, can, can you hold this for a second? So what happens when, no, the, the mic. So what happens when um, the scar tissue forms, it's stopping a hemorrhage, whether it's real blood or that's, that's the way the body says, whoa, something's really bad. We need to stop it. And it just slams on in any old direction. And it, and it, and it ends up being a very, cro very strong um, holding, which is great in the crisis because then it's like everything is stabilized and everything, you know, the hemorrhaging stops and the body can heal. The problem is, is that when we start to get back into you know, learning how to walk again, there's all this excess scar tissue that needs to then get broken up so that it can come into a proper alignment so that you can move well again. And, but even so, there will be some things that you will continually walk into with this scar tissue. Um, but it turns into a star because sometimes you end up better off than prior to that injury. Every time I've been injured, every time I've spoken to dancers or athletes who have been injured and they come back and they go through the PT and re-enter into their sport, they're weak in a lot of different areas because they haven't been conditioning. But the, the, the common denominator is that they always say, I come back stronger. Right. So let's ask Shania. She's got to come awesome. in on this. Thank you. That was awesome. Come on, Shania. Yes, ma'am. You have a question or a No, I, I want to know what you picking up oh, from this. Oh Lord. I feel like <laughs> the Lord is exposing my evacuation plan because every time <laughs> I got to park the car. Every time I'm in this in-between, I start looking for plans to get out. You start the running. I start running. Every time you know, I go park the car, you know what I'm saying? Now I do it literally. So anyway, um, yeah, it's, it's interesting to, well, it's also relieving to know that in these in-between stages, I can make decisions with the Lord. Because before, I would feel like I was so overwhelmed. I'm behind. I'm not, you know, f you know, like you're saying, if you already left, you know, you can't go back to that. And then you're trying to go too fast forward instead of just staying here. I often try to, I'll say, counsel myself to say I need to get a few steps ahead before I can make a decision. And I think what the Lord is showing me through this tearing process is to allow that tearing to happen 
to make a decision, therefore, that will move me forward versus trying to make my own decisions to push me forward, to get out of the tearing. He's showing me, like, no, you can actually have a sound mind now in the in-between as I'm tearing you to then propel you forward and where I'm taking you. So that's what the Lord has been showing me in my personal life. I don't know about y'all, but that's <laughs> me. You know what I'm saying? Something, something that we have to understand about the scarring is that the Lord would rather you live with scars in his presence forever yeah. than not have any scars outside of his presence. Yeah. Because your scar tissue is a reminder that the cross has cancelled that part of you out. This is the key. Yeah. This is the key. You, the cross is the biggest tearing you'll ever go through. And uh, Jacob, what I see interestingly enough here, is that when Jacob's name changed, his personality changed. Do you get that? His personality changed. He became less me-oriented. To the point in the end, he blessed others. Yeah, and in Hebrews, it says, by faith, Jacob. That's an oxymoron right there. We, we know by faith, Abraham. By faith, you know, so-and-so. But by faith, Jacob. And yet the writer of Hebrews says, by faith, Jacob. Things in Hebrews 13. So interestingly enough, the nature of Jacob changed as the name of Jacob changed. And I think sometimes we keep asking the Lord to change our name and not change our nature. You want a quick fix. You want a name change without a nature change. And the wrestling is you keep trying to change the name and God keeps trying to change the nature. But if the nature changes, the name changes. That's the key. That's the key. Let's get that right. If the nature changes, the name changes. This is the key to it all. Now, I want to demonstrate one more thing. So I said in between is where he blesses. Stop running away from in between. In between where you are ready to wrestle with God. Right? In between will bring a tearing. Because when you wrestle with God, you will get touched. 11. He will not let you go. You can let him go. But his determination is there as much as Jacob's determination was there. Because it was his idea in the first place. And when God starts something, he doesn't let it return to him empty. It, it fulfills what it was called to do. It's got to play out. So much happens in that in-between time. You stop the manipulations. Yeah, it's literally, 
The in-between is literally God robbing you of the power to do anything about it. You give For your, your sake. You give your trump card. There's nothing left. It's me and God. And we're wrestling. And I can say, I won't let you go till you bless me. But he says, I won't let you go till you let me bless you. So, I want to do another demonstration. So let me get the boys back again. Uh, yeah, you can stand. No, no, Pastor, you can do it because you can act it out for me. Oh, okay. It's, if okay. anyone wants to reference that to show you that it is there, Hebrews eleven twenty two by faith, Jacob. 21, by faith, Jacob. There it is there. By faith, Jacob, when he was dying, blessed each of Joseph's sons and worshipped when leaning on the top of his staff. He was always leaning on God from that moment on. Never, ever stop leaning on God from that moment on. Now, make some noise, Nate, about decisions. Which one? Which one? Which I'll start, one? I'll start with a little one. Lord, it's full. I don't know whether to wear a jacket or whether to take it off. <laughs> I don't know whether to go to this apartment or I don't know whether to stay in the city. I don't know whether to get married or should I be single for the rest of my life. I don't know. Which one, Lord? I feel like I'm torn back between these two decisions. I can't. I want to get out of this. I just need to make a decision. I feel so indecisive. I feel so confused. Lord, I'm torn, I'm torn, I'm torn. So, I'm going to stop you right there and say, so what does he do? Does he drop one for the other? Well, the church says, let go and let God. I want you to, I wanted to say that. Now, which one do I let go of? Which one? Both, look. Let it go. Let it go. Now, walk away with him. That's the answer. Let go and let God. That's the key. Don't hold on one or the other, but completely and utterly let go. You see, when he let go, he was free. He was free. His freedom came. He wasn't wrestling anymore. This is the key. Let go and let God. If I was to tell you from the Lord, Tonight for you, let him tear you. Let him touch the socket like my glasses and turn the, the very arm of my glass went around the other way. It, just an impossible thing to do without doing some big damage. But God used it to show me, to show me. Let him tear 
let him touch the socket and tear. You won't need to wrestle anymore. You won't need to wrestle anymore because if you let go and let God, you won't wrestle anymore. You only wrestle when you're wrestling and holding on. Pastor, what are you letting go of? Yeah. You're, please Thank get, you, guys. Please, please get what I'm about to say. What are you letting go of? The situation? No. The trial? The test? You're letting go of your ability to hold on. Yes. Say it again. You're letting go of your, your ability, ability to, hold to hold on. on. Jacob lived by his ability all his life. But Jesus let go of his ability and said, Ooh. and his father held on. This is what you're letting go of. You're not letting go of, okay, Lord. And letting go is not this. All right, Lord, it's in your hands. You do it. Do everything. I'm just going to just... Be who I need to be every day. And when you want me to do it, you'll let me know. And I'm just going to let go. And No, no, no. <laughs> Letting go of your ability to, gra to grasp, grip, take hold, control, maneuver, determine. Could I, could I just make a quick please, comment? Please, please. On, on the line of what Pastor Nate's saying, I want to take it back a bit further. The reason why... Rebecca and Jacob did what they did was Come because on. of fear. Come on. Jacob feared if he didn't take the birthright, he would never get it. Yeah. And Jacob feared that he would serve his older, his yeah. older brother rather than his older brother would serve him because that's what the Lord said. There's nowhere in Genesis where Esau is serving Jacob. Come on. It was prophesied that the younger will be served by the older. But when you look through Genesis, Esau is never serving Jacob. The Lord was actually prophesying about the two nations that the Edomites would end up serving the Israelites hundreds of years later. So Jacob went through all of that because of fear. God used it to conquer him. But his fear never came to pass. Oh my God. Even when he was meeting his brother, he was fearful his brother was going to kill him. And his fear never came to pass. He manipulated, like Pastor was saying earlier, he sent the young ones first and the first wife and he left the best till last, right? But and it, Pastor, what, I, what we learned in our book is that the fear of missing out oh is God. what will motivate you to grip life harder. So, so it will motivate you to hold on to both evacuation because plan. of your fear of missing out. So the Lord says, let go. Come. But you can't Again, let go until boys. you deal with your fear of God not giving you what he said he would give you. Because how are you going to let go and trust God when you think he's withholding from you? 
So I want you, Pastor, to go through the thoughts of fear. I can't let go. I won't let go. What if, what if this? If I don't get my father to bless me, I will always be serving my brother. Come on. So, hey, um, let's, let's make it happen. But if I'm making it happen, then it's me and it's not God. And so what do I do? I'm so confused, but I'm going to do it anyway because I'm so insecure. I want to take control of my life. I'm tired of waiting for it. So I've got to make it happen. But I don't want to make it happen because I want to be able to sleep at night knowing God did it. And I feel so guilty for stealing from my brother what's rightfully his. Wretched man that I am, who's going to deliver me from this body of death? But in both instances, the motivation is I'm going to miss out. I'm either going to miss out on God's provocation, blessing and actual, you know, justification of what I've done or I'm going to miss out on what I want. Either way, I'm going to miss out. Either a holy miss out or an earthly miss out. But my belief is I'm going to miss out. So what do I do? I grip tighter. Tighter and tighter. Uh, no, 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 God, move, I'll do it. <laughs> so now I, I, I take hold of them and I bring them with me. That's what I wanted you now to do. Now I'm going to bring them with me because, no, I can't there let go because go. if I let go, I'm I might miss out. I'm holding on tighter, tighter and tighter. And because of my fear, I'll hold on so tight that even if he lets go, I'm holding on. But you didn't ever think we'd be up here doing this tonight, did you? So what um, do I do, God? What do I do, God? What do I do? Let go and let God. So I let go of my ability to hold on. That's one. And I wait to see how he holds on to me. And you see, I then am free. I'm free. I'm not wrestling anymore with two decisions because I've let go and I've let God. Do you get what I'm telling you tonight? If you... Thank you, guys. (laughs) If I get any more demonstrations, I'll pull you up again. But I want you to see... That God wants more for you than just your salvation. And He wants more for those that you're praying for than salvation. He wants heaven for you and for them. But because... You don't value you, okay? You're not going to value them because it's in valuing you, you value them. Well, that's a bit selfish. No, it's only selfish when you make it about you. You're valuing you for others. That's where the horizontal beam comes. 
You've been oh doing my all, my, all my course. That's where you stretch the hands out. You put your hands out, stretch them out now, like Jesus was on the cross. Guess what? That's not God. That, now, when you put your hands up vertical, that's where you're touching God. When you do the horizontal, that's when God touches you through people. You need the vertical and you need the horizontal. The number two commandments in the New Testament, and this is what I was talking with Pastor Robin today. She's, she's actually stolen my thunder, but let her have it. Hallelujah. Because, oh, really? because, because the Lord moved in her value to her today yes. to show that he wouldn't even let what we think would play out happen because of the value that he wants her to have for herself. Yes. But this is the key. Love the Lord God with all your heart, with all your soul, with all your strength. And love your neighbor as you love yourself. We interpret that as I'll learn to love me first and then I'll love everybody else. If I can love me, that's not the correct translation or interpretation. The word there is whatever you measure to yourself, you will measure to others. If you measure grace to yourself, you'll measure it to others. If you measure mercy to yourself, you'll measure it to others. If you measure forgiveness to yourself, you'll measure it to others. So Jesus is saying, whatever you measure to yourself will be what you give out to others. So you can't give it out to others until you measure it to yourself. Pastor, you mentioned judgment in the service straight after worship. And when, when Jesus said, because I, I read it this way. When he says, love thy neighbour as thyself, he says something in another gospel. He goes, do unto others as you would have them do, do unto you. you. So if I'm gracious to myself, then my judgment should be, I should be gracious towards you. You know, if I buy myself a $100 jacket, but I only buy my brother a $5 jacket, that's not loving my neighbour as myself. Yes. Do you understand? Yes. So that's what I really feel the Lord means when he says... It's the same measure that you would apply to your expectation of life. Apply it to, to someone else's expectation yeah. of life. What you want out of life and what you would sacrifice to get to that, give that to your brother. But here's the key. We've been taught in church two wrong gospels. We've been taught, right, that means I just make everything about me first and then as a result, everything will become about others. That's wrong. No, that's wrong. Totally wrong. And the other gospel is, well, that means, well, I just make it everything about others. That's and I wrong just, too. And I just self-deprecate and I'm just the last one on the list. That's and that's just too. me showing God that I'm a martyr for him. Yeah, and that, that, that's me showing him... Uh, to be impressed with Yeah, be impressed with my martyrdom, Hey, Jesus. Lord, look what I'm doing. I'm being a martyr for you. That is dying for Jesus. Oh, please. Be he impressed don't want with you my to martyrdom. die for him. He wants you to live for him. Can I say that to you? Too easy to die for Jesus. 
too easy. Putting yourself you stop last. Breathing and you can get put in a grave and you've died for Jesus. But how about living for Jesus? Pastor, putting yourself last deliberately and self-deprecating is you trying to die for Jesus. It's you trying to say, I can, I can do it. You know, I can be that humble servant. I can be that humble person and I can just take the dreads. But he didn't die to give you dreads. That's an, that is an offence to God. Humility I is must not... <laughs> tell you that. Can I bring this forward? To have an attitude like that is an offence to God because you are underselling the cross in your life. That is such an offence. But don't run out there and say, well, now I can take it all. Because that's not right either. Jesus was balanced in every, every single way. He was the most balanced man on this earth. Now don't talk about his godliness. And he put that aside and he walked as a man. And that's why he has proven it can be done. Because he did it that way. But I'm telling you, if you have that attitude, I'll take what's left over. And I confess to you in my Christian walk, I have done that. I have done that. This house has taught me a whole new way of living and walking in Christ. I walk around my house every day saying, thank you, Jesus, but I never want to worship this place. But boy, I just am dumbfounded by how much you wanted me to want this blessing. You know, Jacob had to learn something. Jacob had to learn if he does it his way, he'll become rigid. And he won't be able to walk by letting God wrestle with him in that in-between when there was nothing but God and him left. Nothing to hang on to, nothing to lean on except the almighty God himself. Letting God touch him. Stop the rigidness. He became flexible. You want to be flexible? Don't run from the tearing. And if you are running, have a think about it. Your concept of tearing is wrong. When Jesus broke the bread, he looked up to heaven and thanked his father for it. And then he broke it and it multiplied. In that breaking comes multiplication. In that tearing becomes a name change. In between 
when you think nothing is happening and you let go and you let God, then you will end up with the blessing. What is God saying to us here? We need to change our thinking. We think that punishment is adjustment. And so we make that the same word for the past and for the future. No. If he loves you, he'll chasten you. You have to see things differently, my brothers and sisters. Because salvation isn't enough for you and for those that you're praying for. You need to be praying for heaven for them and for you. Salvation is but a part of the package. Okay? Jacob went from getting all the blessings to giving all the blessings. It was a true name change. Just like my my glasses. It's, if I put them on now, I'll have one, one of the arms going where it should and the other coming out this way. <laughs> and I'm not going to do that. They're a, north, they're a pair of north-south glasses, right? Yeah. Um, when Pastor was talking about letting go, I, I was reminded of a, a testimony of a Christian brother who went hiking in the mountains somewhere up north and I believe this is a true story he he got stuck at night um, after the sun had gone down and this very thick fog set in to his hiking trail and he got lost he accidentally walked off a ledge oh, yes. and he fell and he was able to grab a tree limb on the ledge and hang on. Wind was blowing, the fog, he couldn't see anything, it was too foggy. And he said, Lord, help me. And the Lord said to him, let go. And, but he was too fearful. So he managed to get his legs up on the limb of the tree and just hang there until dawn, about four hours to realise his feet were dangling about four inches off solid rock. He would have fallen about a foot. And he learnt a very hard lesson. God sees what's underneath sometimes when we don't see. God sees where you're going to fall when you let go. See, and I mean, we would all do the same thing, really. But... It was just, it just highlighted we're afraid to let go because we don't know what's underneath. We don't know if we're going to land safely. Or we, don't, or we don't know what's ahead. And isn't it interesting how with Jacob, he had experienced, just experienced seeing angels ascend That's right. He and had a descend. Very he had supernatural experience. A supernatural experience. But he left manipulating because right after that he said 
I'll do this, I'll send them forward, I'll send them forward, I'll do that more, I'll do that more. It's only in that place where you allow God to strip and touch the hip and yeah. put it out of joint yeah. that does the nature as well as the name change. Because we try to believe, we, we try to live off these experiences. Yeah. Oh, I had this great vision. Oh, the Lord gave me this great revelation. Like Jacob, oh, I saw angels ascending and descending. Yes, Jacob's ladder. Mm -mm, mm -mm. That didn't change his name. No. Didn't change his nature. And so my challenge to you tonight is this. Are you prepared to change your prayers? Wow. Are you prepared to change your prayers? Are you prepared to say, touch them? in the hip if they have to limp for the rest of oh. their life I want heaven for them I want heaven for them we are so busy trying to make it comfortable not only for ourselves but for our loved ones and we have to let the hip be touched before the name change. Pastor, the Lord just gave me a saying. He says, would you rather them limp into heaven or leap into hell? When Pastor asked me tonight, when we were coming to church, I answered that about heaven. And then I said, hell is not the end. People believe hell is the end. Go to hell, you end up, you know, in hell. Guys, when you go to hell, you begin your torment. And I don't want that to be the start of torment for those that I brought into this world. And I don't, you should not want that for yourself. So salvation is not enough. It's part of the package. Let the Holy Spirit through God touch your hip. And let the prayers that you pray be daring enough to say, if it means touch their hip, God, then do it, Lord. Because we've made it too comfortable. You know, here's this testimony. We were talking about testimony. It's very sad. It's very sad. But... I'm going to share it and I'm not going to mention names except to say somebody had been talking about us in Sydney, a young man, very, very evil things, had turned people away, turned friends away, turned family away, tried to call us all sorts of names, which we've already been called a cult. You know, I, I'm a mayor. I'm not a cult. That's a baby, okay? If you want to call me anything, don't call me cult. Call me a mayor. You're supposed to laugh at that, Ife. 
because I just won't, you know, go with that one. Okay. Yeah, I've been called that so many times. And I'm, I'm a baby. No, I'm not a baby. I'm a mare. I'm grown up. You know. So anyhow, this person. You got it. You got it. It fell. It fell. Anybody else get it? The penny drop. Okay. So what happened? What happened was I, you know, I couldn't do anything about it. And so it saddened my heart that this sort of behaviour was going on and it interfered with the gospel. It very much interfered with the church growth. It interfered with a lot. And I, you know, I'm sure we've all been in that place where we say, God, what are you going to do about this? And in the end, um, God sort of said, just get it, relax, go on with it. You know, don't do a thing. I, I've, um, you know, let me now do what I need to do in this when I'm ready. Here's the key. When I'm ready, Jacob had to wait till the ready time came of the in-between. And so what happened was this man, young man, got married, had a little baby. And the little baby's very sick. And the little baby has a terminal illness. The little baby is not well. Terminal means exactly that. Incurable. And a testimony came out from someone in... Um, I'm not going to mention names because you'll get it straight away. The... the um, Testimony came from someone in Sydney who is a leader and said, never give up on your family. Never give up on your family because this young man is now playing Christian music when he's lying next to his little boy in, in the hospital. Now, that's very powerful, but he's the key. Here's the key. The healing has plateaued. They've been praying and praying. And the Lord spoke to me very clearly and said, the process has to finalise. It has to finish. It has to play out. Now, what does that mean? That means for this young man's prayers and others' prayers... To mean anything, there needs to be repentance. So this has to be judged and then adjusted. So the young man's wife, grandfather, is a Christian. And he has been blessing them, praying for them and adding little bits of God in there all the time. He can help them through the judgment, but he can't help them through the alignment. That has to be the one that was sinned against before it can go any further. So things are at a plateau. So what he should do, and I'll be doing it, 
is speaking to one of my leaders and saying, you've waited and bided your time, but the time is coming when you have to speak adjustment. You have to speak and say, you need to repent against what you've said about God's house and God's people before we can go any further forward. Now, this is serious. See, I'd forgotten. I gave it up. But my God never forgot. My God never forgot. Yeah, when you gave it up, God took a hold of it. That's right. So there's an in-between coming for him. Do you get what I'm saying here? God wants to bless. But the name change has to come. Because you can't get the blessing without the name change. So I hope that helped you tonight. In-between is a place where you mustn't run from if you want the blessing. Let him tear by touching the socket of your hip, okay? And if it means you limp for the rest of your life, then lean on Jesus. Lean on Jesus. I hope that helped you tonight. I know it's going to give you a revelation like you've never had before. That in-between stage. So why don't we give God the glory right now? Yeah, let's stand. We can give it all to him. Yeah, put that up there. We need that. There's angels clapping tonight, so let's do it. Give it up for Jesus. It's quiet in here. I'm telling you, the angels are clapping because if you want heaven, they want heaven for you. Amen. And there it is. What do you want to say, Pastor? I think we should pray because I think that the Lord wants to locate our in-between in a new way. We've despised the in-between. And I, I want to be so bold as opening up the altar and telling you, if you've despised the in-between, you need to get that right with the Lord. Because you've missed your penial. Where you've come, come to meet face to face with God. Because you've been too preoccupied with going through and getting to. And the Lord is saying, I'm not interested in the destination like you are. We keep telling you, I'm interested in the journey. The journey is where you learn who He is. The destination is where you see what He's done and what He'll do. But the journey is where you learn who He is. 
And I, I'm learning this about God. He likes to learn who you are. Like that's why he wants you to go on the journey. It, he knows everything, but he wants to learn who you are because that's relationship. He's all knowing. He could say, "Right, I know Shania back front. I know how I create, created her," but he takes pleasure in the conversation every day of her revealing who she is to him. And that comes down to we were talking this morning about yada times. Yep. How we've got to go beyond talking about the surface of us. God, I want to talk to you, but oh wow, I'm talking about what I'm feeling, uh, uh, you know, what, what I missed out on and, and this and that. It's all about the outside. Can't you talk to God about what's going on inside? Do you trust Him enough? to talk to him about that sort of relationship. Because if you get this, you will understand that he wants to talk to you about what's going on inside of him. What? The Lord wants me to talk to him about, and he wants to tell me what's going on within him. That's true relationship, guys. You can't stay at a place where you just talk about the outside of you because He wants to go further than the outside. He wants to go and tell you what's going on in Him inside. I had a word from the Lord the other day and I'm not stopping you. I know you're going to finish off. But the word I had the other day at that time didn't make a lot of sense except he said, I'm going to teach them about what I require. Now my thinking was, God, does he require, do you require them to change, to repent, to do this, to do that? Now that's, a, that's because I'm getting through being that one that has that dominance, that's why I got to reach God. I go in the heavy. He's teaching me not to go in the heavy for me. So I said to him, you want to talk about requirement? Yeah, once I've talked to you, then I'm going to talk to them. God requires that I let him touch my socket and tear so that I will lean on him in this situation where I fully fully let go and let God and whether it's 500 feet underneath me or two feet, I've got to let go. I've got to let go. That's part of the standard being raised. It's the standard. See, we always think of raising up the standard. It's what God is doing on the outside of us to yeah. keep the enemy at bay. Yeah. But there's also a standard being raised on what he's doing on the inside of you to keep the enemy at bay. 
And that's his standard. It's not an expectation. I'll live by God's standard. I won't live by people's expectation. Yeah. And that's where I think we have to come to with our identity, where we live via the standard of child of God versus the expectation. Because when you know it's a standard, you know, wow, he believes so much in it that he places it on me because he knows that there's nothing else that I could be except at this level in him. And I think this is something that the Lord wants to bring us into before season casting. Your idea of standard is not his idea, you know, and we keep saying raise up the standard, you know, but he's raising a standard on his church. He's not just raising a standard against the enemy. He's saying, I want a mature wife. I don't want a child bride. I don't want some bride that's going to throw tantrums every time I don't do what they want. So my standard, my bride, is be the wife that I need you to be. Just like you asked me to be the husband that you need me to be. Yeah, and so that's the requirement. This is the standard. It's the requirement. And if you think it's punishment, you won't allow that standard to lift you into you a higher plane of living. Because then you'll be in trouble with God. <laughs> don't tell him, don't tell her, be the wife I need you to be. No, otherwise if you game enough. I'm not going to say <laughs> I didn't think so. No. I didn't think so. Be the wife who God wants you yes, to be. Yes, 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 yes. That I can fulfil. That I can fulfil. Let's, let's pray. And by that... We have to go offline. We're about to go over time. By being that statement that sets Tony free, Pastor Tony free, to be what he's called to be. When you're trying to change someone and change them and change them, you can't let go. You're wrestling, you're wrestling, you're wrestling. And when you're wrestling, you're holding on so tight, you're being torn, you're being torn and torn and torn. And then when you let go, guess what? They're free and so are you. You need to be free to be what God wants you to be. And you can't be that. You can't be that unless you let Him change your name. So, I don't want to change anyone. I want God to change it. But my biggest desire in all my life with this one pastor, let heaven be what is wanted. To live with Jesus forever is what I want for them. Salvation isn't enough, God. It isn't enough. I want the full package. And my prayer is touch the hip. Touch the hip. 
be game, church. I want to say that in finishing tonight. Please be game enough to say. If they're in between and they're wrestling and they've been torn between decisions, like Jacob, Lord, touch the hip. Touch the hip. Touch the hip. And guess what? In saying that, my brothers and sisters, I'm free. I said it today and I tell you, I'm free. I'm not wrestling anymore because I'm free because I let go. I don't know how deep this is going to be, but I'm free. I'm not wrestling with decisions. I'm not wrestling with choices. The only choice I made was to let go and let God. And that brought freedom. So God bless you. You want him to pray a prayer? Yeah, I think we should open the floor up. Um, this is a deep portal. But this is required for you to be the head and not the tail. To start. This is how you become the head. You get your name change. Yeah. Many things. A nature change. Holy Spirit. Wow, wow, wow. Lord, we've been running. We've been running. In our own way, we've all run. We've all maneuvered. We've all manipulated. We've all left the best for last to try to convince. We've used that kind of demonic power. And Lord, you called us now in this in-between place to be confronted with who we really are. And you're asking that person to meet you face to face. And Lord, we want to willingly let you touch the tendon. We want to willingly, like Jesus did, we want to let you touch every area that you need to touch. And we don't want it to be a wrestle. We don't want, to, we don't want it to be a wrestle, Lord. We want you to touch our prayers. We want you to touch our thinking. We want you to touch the way that we perceive life and how we process during, Lord, the day, our emotions, everything, Lord. But, Lord, you, we ask that you would get us to the place, Lord, where we want to, Lord, limp in intimacy with you versus leap in separation from you, Lord. I thank you, Father, that tonight, even right now, you're just searching people's hearts and you're showing them, Holy Spirit, where they need to be touched. Showing me right now where I need to be touched, Lord, where my hip, where I need to become a limping prince, 
Forgive us for trying to escape the in-between. Gethsemane was the in-between and that's where Jesus conquered the enemy. It played out on the cross, but the war was won in Gethsemane. The most in-between of all places. But he said, not my will. He let go. He let go of his ability. In that human state, he let go and he said, not my will, Father, but yours be done. We just ask you, Holy Spirit, right now. We pray for our loved ones. We pray for family members. We pray for friends and those that we know, Lord, are not living according to your truth. And not from a place of judgment, but from a place of compassion and mercy, Lord. We say, Lord, bring them to that in-between place where they meet with you. Where all the resources that have helped them run dry up. So that you can wrestle with them. And so that you can say, you need a name change. We want to trust you, Lord, more than we trust our ability to hold things together. I just believe the Holy Spirit is talking to people right now. So take this opportunity to just have that inward conversation with the Lord. He's going to start showing you the area that your hip needs to be touched. Yep, we're going to open up the floor. The floor is yours. As you feel the Lord lead you, come down. If you feel that you want to, the floor is yours. Just want to say goodnight to our online audience. If you're at home and you're being touched by this message, take time right now with the Holy Spirit to find out where your hip needs to be touched so that you can be blessed. Don't miss out. Whatever's happening in the room, you can experience it right now. But for those that are just joining us, this message is for your life right now. It's so important. And for all those other people, we just want to bid you good night. Bless you in the name of Jesus. We pray that this word really, really germinates and ruminates in your spirit. That you can't get away from it. Don't run away from this moment of the in-between. Let God touch you. We love you and we'll see you next week. Pastor Robinson um, seminar, Head and Not the Tail. Go to talk.org to find out all the information. God bless.